0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back. Today we're going to cover areas such as ideation, how to come up with your idea, how to deal with it. We're going to then uh, go into a step where we look at Uh, different ways to get into that idea. And then we're going to move into some small givebacks. Small givebacks are those areas that can make a difference in your local neighborhood, and they're very simple actions that can make a huge difference in terms of growing your own community. And last, we're going to get into partnerships and building relationships, which are related but uh, different in terms of how they uh, support your social enterprise. So, let's get started. Ideation is the creative process of generating, developing, and communicating new ideas. So, Can your ideas change the world? You start this process by defining a problem. And the problem has to determine who is impacted by the problem and how many people or organizations are impacted. Next, they create their ideas. They evaluate those various options and choose the best one, a solution that solves the problem. Finally, you must validate that the solution meets the needs of the parties impacted and determine who will pay for it. And your options are either the customer or the client pays or the customer is subsidized, partially, or the uh, customer is fully sponsored. So there are definitely options where this can take place. So who comes up with social ideas? People who are working in nonprofits, charities, corporations, academic institutions, it doesn't really matter. What it, the big difference is they want to ad, address an existing cause and be an integral part of it. So social ideas only happen when the idea is bigger than the innovator. It is important that you don't forget you can't do this alone. In fact, the best social innovators are people who recognize that coming up with an idea is a small part of whether or not an idea works. So let's uh, move now into the area of looking at ideas and how they can be generated. So number one, forget conventional wisdom and carve out your own path. You don't have to be complicated What you have to do is maybe get out of your comfort zone to be creative about your approach. Being flexibly stubborn is the cornerstone of entrepreneurship. So the next time you're hitting a roadblock, remember this. Don't take no for an answer. Try something radically different. Three, set a manageable daily goal. So many people just set an unreasonable goal of a million dollars revenue when they're only making, say, a thousand dollars a month. And that's setting you up for failure because you're not ready to handle that kind of money. So Make your goal manageable on a daily basis. Next, success is not just about money. When you sit on a tree, it doesn't make you one. Making money doesn't just make you a success. Grab your opportunities with both hands. and Sometimes you have to use other people's hands as well to make sure it works. So that's why we uh, created the book, The Give Back Economy, which shows that it's not just about making huge profits. You don't get satisfaction. You're not a complete success unless you're doing something that has a cause related to it and that you're giving back to the community. Be yourself. Start selling yourself. And be proud of what you can accomplish. Consumers are looking for a slight difference to make a difference. There are millions of products out there. So what makes your product different in terms of what you're doing? People bring in business. I think I mentioned this before in a previous podcast. You don't build your business. You build people, and the people will bring business success. Next, the more mistakes you make, the faster you reach your destination. It's not easy to achieve success. It's a costly experience. But then it's important to understand that we're all the same. Everyone is bound to make some mistakes. That's what you learn from, and you gain experience to not repeat that same error. React versus respond. Make sure that you have a team that's there to help you react to things rather than respond to them. Taking action to mitigate potential loss can make a huge difference. Starting a social enterprise takes work and effort, but it will only be a pipe dream if you let the lack of funds or money be the sole reason for taking any action. So let's uh, move forward in terms of some additional information. And uh, let's see if we can make that happen. So where, where do your ideas come from? Well, number one is your life and personal experiences. It's the easiest way to come up with an idea. You're living that life, and your personal experience can make a difference. Another example is new research. With science evolving and new studies being published daily, there are always new ways to help people. A social innovator could develop new research in the area that he or she is passionate about. Simply gathering data is the beginning of data mining to find information that correlates. A social innovator might do surveys to find out what the impacted group is experiencing or needs. The next area is feedback. Listening is critical. If you are an existing nonprofit, social enterprise, or charity, having a source of feedback is also a source of innovation. It is great to have testimonials, video stories, and case studies of what is going well, but the true innovators always care about what could be improved. A new marketplace. Thinking about a new client base, geographic area, volunteer base, donor base offering, or anything that is brand new can lead to new ideas. Clash of life and new information. When you take your existing life experiences and couple them with new information, ideas will come like water from a fire hydrant. So from the... uh, previous, you'll have seen that there's quite a a wide variety of possibilities and sources. So let's drill down a little further on that and start with identifying the problem, social issues and concerns. So there are a lot of social challenges out there, and some of them have economic impacts and some of them have social impacts. And that's why the result was our writing of the, uh, the book, The Give Back Economy. Ecological impacts also can apply. I'm sorry, I missed that one. And how do we determine if it really is a problem? Well, is it a symptom or is it a problem? One of the most difficult things when you're establishing a, a social enterprise and determining what the problem is, you have to determine a variety of symptoms that may just be involved in it. So you have to look in more detail at various pieces. Map making is one tool that could be used to identify that, and. What you might do is you might identify several problems that may only be symptoms. And you must then try to put all those symptoms together in a clearly defined problem. Then you have to determine how does this impact people, who is impacted, and how many people. Once you clearly define that problem stage, then you want to figure out, can you come up with a potential solution? And how do you do that? Well, obviously, you want to talk to customers or clients. You want to ask your team for potential solutions. You want to look on the internet See if others have addressed this solution or this problem and what kind of solutions they came up with. There's a lot of stakeholders who can help you come up with potential solutions. Next, you have to clarify the solution you've come up with by doing a proof of concept. And to do that, you have to not only put it out there, test it, and look at getting partners who may support you on that. You may look at donors or investors who might be able to help you. And you have to validate that somebody will actually pay for that solution that meets the needs of those impacted. So there's a number of steps to look at in terms of ideation and looking at the the possible issue that you're addressing. So next what we want to do is we want to go into some really simple examples of small give-backs that can make a huge difference in a community. So in terms of a a program that we've developed, we call it Small Neighborliness Give-backs to the Hood. What do we mean by that? A small act can support the positive interaction impact, and growth of the community by a simple act of giving back. And that applies to all ages, not just to a certain age group. This can be customized by the community, who will have different demographics, culture, language, etc. So how do you set up a community to take on this kind of task? Well, first step is to form a group of three to five people from a resident, a student, a business person, a charity, a nonprofit, a community of faith representatives, or a politician. You want to gather a whole range of ideas through networks, associates, neighbors, social media, website examples and media, and then from the, all that range of ideas, pull your group together and determine in a prioritization exercise, which three to five could be easily implemented and actually do those ideas and take a look at the results that come from them. I really recommend that you consider setting up a blog site to record those small givebacks so the members of the community can see what's happening and they may be able to replicate some of those small ideas or givebacks in their part of the community. It doesn't have to be limited to the folks that are doing the first implementation. Now, the big issue, what are some examples? And the the great thing about this area is that there are so many good, compassionate, and interesting givebacks that you really can make a difference in the neighborhood and make that neighborhood different for you and your neighbors. So one example, a lady, actually her group made scarves and they put them on neighborhood trees just to show that it's a neighborhood activity and the neighborhood supports each other. Another example is using your garage. And you could open your garage and you could invite people to a coffee meetup once a week. You could have discussions. It could be health and wellness. It could be a sports talk. It could just be a, a chat group that meets once a week, say from 7 to 8 o'clock at night. You could have a roundtable discussion. And that could be done in a community of faith, a community center, it could be done in a business. And the group would decide what the topics were. And they could be done with different topics each week. Another great example is a coffee shop in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, and they have a system to pay it forward. So when you buy your coffee, you also buy a little chip, and with that chip, those chips are put together, and for those who can't pay, these chips pay for coffee, and cookies or something like that. Another very simple give back is cleaning a park in your community. And on a particular day, all members of families come out and they spend two hours cleaning up some of the junk in the park and putting it in garbage bags and getting rid of it. Let's address the area of seniors for just a minute. A simple give back to a senior could be a a phone call or a visit. And seniors who may be isolated and don't get out very much would really appreciate that phone call or visit. Something else that could be done with seniors is tech support, showing them how to work a cell phone, showing them how to do some basics in terms of computers. How to connect with their family, grandsons and granddaughters could really make a difference, where they could see pictures. New neighbors. When they come into the community, they don't know anybody. And so if you could just knock on the door, welcome them, and provide information on the community. And some people have used a flyer, a one-page flyer of information, contact numbers, and that kind of thing. Another example is a community garden. In some cases, groups have actually set up a community garden, sometimes at a community of faith, or in a space that's available, and it could be by a school. And once a week, different people work that garden in terms of flowers, or fruit, or vegetables, to make a difference in the community. A community walkabout is another example where on a certain date, the group meets at a certain time, say 6.30, and they do a walkabout for about an hour in the community. So this helps bring the community together and provides exercise, information, and interaction between the members of the community. One that isn't done too often, but should be, is celebrations, uh, including Remembrance Day in the community. And it can be done very easily but it's not limited to that activity. There are also cultural celebrations that could be had on somebody's uh, lawn or backyard that could really make a difference. A big area that I think there's super opportunity for is arts on the street. So... There could be, say, a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon where there could be a drawing day where people bring out sheets of paper and maybe set up a few tables and people do some drawing or painting. They could also bring together music and have a music jam, and that could include both singing and dancing and musical instruments. An offshoot of that could be an amateur music night that would really be a lot of fun. Next, there could be an items exchange. People have items that they want to get rid of, and rather than putting them in the garbage, there could be an exchange night where they bring them together, say, on a Saturday afternoon for two hours, and they exchange items. Story night is another example that could be done with families where somebody either reads from a book or creates stories that might be of interest to those attending. For the uh, upper teens and would-be gamers, there could be an evening of video games discussion, an exchange of video games and sources of information. A multi-faith discussion could be held at a community of faith to exchange information and ideas and learn about different face and how they may be different in name. Many of their objectives are very similar, and that would be a huge benefit. Habitat donations, or Salvation Army or Food Someone in the community could take the lead and say, hey, I'll be our coordinator for anybody that wants to make donations to large organizations. And by showing people how to do it, that's what they need is just a little bit of guidance to make that happen. One of the programs that we have at the Community Innovation Hub is called the Social Innovation Jam. And this is an hour-and-a-half activity where people learn what social innovation is and social enterprise, and they actually do it. And they do that all in an hour-and-a-half. And the material is available to help in actually doing that, and it really can make a difference. Language and cultural roundtable. Wouldn't it be great to have a roundtable with, say, 10 different people who could talk about their language and their culture? And so much learning could take place through that kind of session. And once again, it's it's a simple matter of finding a location within the community, whether it's a business or a uh, community of faith or a school that could allow that to happen. For some, simple activities such, such as check and checkers and other games could be held in the community. Just to bring members out and exchange information and meet different people can make a difference. Any of the members in the community could act as mentors to help some of the younger people learn how to get a job, how to develop their skills, how to develop a resume, and just to learn life skills that can make a difference. Someone might bring a group together who want to do photos and want to learn how to take photos or videos and actually go into the neighborhood and take those photos and take those videos. A simple thing that could be done for seniors is cleaning windows, cleaning their barbecue, cleaning leaves, and clearing snow for seniors in the wintertime. A really excellent example of neighborliness, giving back, is the live theater show called Come From Away, where a community really made a difference in 9/11 by helping people who had to stop in their community due to uh, airplane restrictions and what they gave back was huge. service clubs, guides scouts etc could do projects in the community and once again it's getting the folks, just to interact, to know who their neighbors are, and to learn how to make a difference. And there are many possibilities. The community could use space in the community. And a really neat example is a barber shop. And turn their chairs around to create a micro community of faith, and that really is amazing. So I'm going to give you three sources that I think may be of of interest: NewLeafNetwork.ca, StrongTowns.org, and Lifeschoolhouse.com. And what are the benefits of doing this? Well, for the participants, they're connecting with their neighbors, they're learning, they're sharing, and they feel good by giving back. The recipients are thankful, they feel good, they're willing to pay it forward. The community, positive outlook, outcome, impacts. Neighbors are connected. Support to new neighbors, and they feel good. Well, I didn't realize that we had gone so deep into this topic, I'm going to put, put off uh, partnerships and building relationships to our next session. And just in summarization, you've learned a little bit about ideation and how to come up with the ideas, how to start for, with a problem first, find a solution, and then validate that solution. You've learned a little about uh, small give-backs into the community, and how they can make a difference. And you've learned some of the key aspects of starting your social enterprise. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.